0: conversation with Glenn Reithmuller who is an agricultural engineer and research scientist at the Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development in Meriden. Let's talk about how to measure losses. Why do we bother Glenn?
1: Well uh, like we mentioned earlier the losses if they're really high you're losing a lot of money so it's it's, uh, (laughs) the main driver is losing money. So how can we measure these losses? Well the first thing is if it's pre-harvest losses we need to know that because if there's already weather that's knocked some of the heads off uh, well you you think you're doing it with your header but you're not so the idea there is I tend to go in with an open quadrat into the uh, existing standing crop say it's a bit tricky with canola but if you can get in there and put a quadrat down and then have a good look what's on the ground have an idea of what perhaps losses are before the front even gets there because you don't want to confuse things with having heads that are already on the ground particularly like barley that might have you know dropped a head or something then of course how to measure your front losses as separate from your rotor and your sieve losses well now of course we've got these things called drop trays and they can be really handy they're a magnetic uh, system and you can just press a button and they drop a tray down and you can have that say outside beside the head of front and then just stop so you get an idea of what actual losses are coming from the front itself so it's just the front goes over and you stop before the material coming out the back of the harvester throws stuff into that tray and then it's out the side and then you can put the that same one then if you go further it'll have the rotor loss because the stuff that's thrown out from from the rotor will land in those ones out to the side say and of course then you have your your standard one is right at the back which is your, your sieve losses that i think most people like to just keep going so you just put it there and then compensate for how many how wide you think the the sieve chaff is being spread and even the newer harvesters now with say with these destructors on there they often have a door that you can open to check your losses as well because otherwise it's a it's really a lose-lose if you're putting grain out the back through a destructor because uh, one thing is you're losing grains that's losing money and the hardest thing to the hardest material going into a destructor is often grain itself. So you're wearing the destructor as well, so the lose-lose. So it's nice to get that right before uh, that happens. So uh, it's good to see the later ones now have a, a system of doing that. The drop trays themselves, I mean, there's at least three on the market. There's a, there's an Aussie one made now as well. So there's, um, you can Google that and have a look at the, even the GRDC site. It's got a few details there about what was used in the past. Um, and they're all fine. The ones with their own cleaning system is probably a bit better. Uh, I painfully watched one video the other night and it was where they were just winnowing it. And I thought, well, no farmer's going to stop and wait for winnowing all this grain out, You know, whereas the, a couple of others have got their own cleaning system. You just press a button and it blows all the, the material out and you end up with your clean sample straight away, so it's much quicker. Because really the, the time of day can have, have a big effect. If you have a cold, damp morning, for instance, that might be ideal for harvesting lupins then in the hot afternoon that might be more ideal for doing barley because uh, you know it's otherwise can be a bit tough so the time of day can have a big effect and you don't want to have to spend a lot of time measuring losses and then find an hour later it's changed but hopefully uh, each day you could say right i have set it at this this setting in the morning and then this setting in the afternoon or change it during the day you know so uh, but if you can do the loss measurements fairly quickly that'll give you a guide to where you should be changing settings later on
0: when should you measure your losses? Uh,
1: well, probably as soon as you start harvesting for the day, really, and then from the coolest part of the day through to the hottest part and then maybe again in the evening. And any time you feel like there, there could be grain thrown out, if it's if you're not happy with what's going on, so you might even have a contractor in there, and if you're not really happy, you really sort of need to sort out that straight away and just do some loss checks. Uh, and then agree on what uh, what loss you're you're accepting. And like I say, it's it's a compromise because reducing your losses may not be the end game. If you you get to a point where your loss is acceptable, because otherwise, if your harvesting is costing you say six hundred dollars an hour to run your harvester, if you're going to take longer to do your harvesting because you're driving slower, well, you could have weather damage coming up as well, but also cost of your harvester. So there's a point there where you you've got to accept. Perhaps a few more losses, but get the job done quicker.
0: Is it perhaps the case that um, now now we know about harvest losses and now we know how to measure them, that perhaps measuring your harvest losses during the harvest season becomes part of your program?
1: Yep, I definitely recommend that it would be just part of the system and you'll just get used to it and, and that will definitely help. And I mean in the past I think we talk about one percent losses for cereals, but that's generally with a good crop better the crop, the lower the losses in general. So as you have a poorer crop or a lower yielding crop, then it's harder to get down to 1%. With things like canola and and, and lupins, you'd probably never get to 1%, but say 3% might be okay. Everyone's different, but really it just does depend on what what the yield is and how much you're prepared to accept blowing out the back.
0: Some of these drop trays, particularly the ones with the cleaning systems, aren't necessarily very cheap. Is it worth the investment?
1: Yes, I think it is because sure, if they're not cheap, if they say say two and a half thousand dollars, but as I mentioned earlier, with losses at sixty one kilos, that's twenty dollars a hectare. So what's twenty into two and a half thousand? It's it's probably only a hundred hectares. So it can add up pretty quick. So uh, I think the investment is is well and worth it.
0: Okay. Anything else we need to tell growers about measuring their losses?
1: Uh, I think just sharing the information as well is is handy. Um, things like Twitter are great if you've come up with a, a problem, which you might have had really high losses. Well, perhaps tell everyone because um, you know everyone else might be having the same problem. If you found a, a good solution to it, um, there's nothing like um, you know just mentioning it, and it might help someone else as well.
0: Okay. Well, um, we've talked about the knife guard setup. We've talked about the feeding system. We've gone over threshing and cleaning and now we've just chatted about how to measure your losses. Um, So thanks for all your wealth of knowledge today, Glenn. Um, I'm hoping growers have got a lot out of this series of practical podcasts on how to reduce your harvest losses. Um, I've enjoyed our chat, so thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, and thank you, Joe, for that opportunity and I would recommend growers go to a harvest forum if you can before harvest and uh, there's always stuff that everyone can learn from.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Primary Sales and is for information purposes only. Visit Primary Sales online at primarysales.com.au.